Welcome to the Husband Factory Podcast. I'm the host and founder, Makita Kamara Omensa. Join me here every week where I help single women meet good men and enjoy great marriages using proven faith-based principles. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Husband Factory Podcast. And as promised, I am here to talk to you today about boundaries. Now, many of you listening to me may be virgins, maybe single women who have been celibate for a long time. So what I don't want is for you to feel like you don't need this. We all need it. The sexual temptation is something that we are all susceptible to. It's not something that you can say, oh, I don't need that or I'm above that. I don't have an issue in that area. Thank God if you haven't had an issue in that area. But that doesn't mean that you don't prepare. That doesn't mean that you don't get the knowledge that you need so that you never have an issue in that area. Because that sin can cause more problems mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually than any other type of sin. So you don't want to even go there. So if you can equip yourself to be sure not to have any issues in that area, you should do it. Okay. So last week I talked about the best way to avoid a broken heart. And the best way to avoid a broken heart is not to be sexually intimate. You are much easier. You have a much easier time to walk away from a bad relationship once there's no physical intimacy involved. Once there's physical intimacy involved, most women and men, I guess, have a tendency to stay in the relationship because there's a false sense of closeness. There's a false sense of vulnerability to the person. There's a false sense of commitment to the person, even though there none of those things exist in and of itself because of a sexual connection. So I want to tell you about how to create boundaries. Now, there's two types of boundaries I'm going to tell you about. There's four total, and I talked about it in my purity conference that I had a few months ago. But anyway, so the first type of boundary is the boundary of proximity. That's the boundary of proximity, the boundary of location, the boundary of closeness. Now, the important thing to know about boundaries is that you have to act your boundaries. You don't talk about them, okay? You have to, as a woman, show your standards. Don't talk about your standards, okay? I used to be guilty of when I meet a man, I would tell him, oh, if you thinking you're going to come and sleep with me, you got another thing coming because I am not going to sleep with you. I'm never going to sleep with you. You better walk the other way if that's the reason why you came into my life. That's what I would tell somebody when they met me <laughs> the first time. I know I need help. But the important thing is not to tell them all those things. Because what you, when, and I've talked about this several times in the, in the podcast, because if you're telling them, then they know where you stand and then they're going to behave themselves according to where you stand. There's a, there are men out there that will hang out with you for six months and not even make a move on you. And it's not because they're pure. They're just waiting for their time. They're waiting for you to trust them long enough. They're waiting for you to get closer and closer to them long enough that you fall, that you're the one to be intimate with them. That's all they're doing. So you don't show your hand. You don't tell people what's in your hand. You don't show your cards. You just act your standard. And one of the best way to act your standard is to avoid proximity with the opposite sex, especially one that you're attracted to. Now, number one is why don't sit in a man's car 
And I know that many people listening to me may be like, but I'm grown. Are you serious? I can't be in a man's car. And the question is, do you want to protect yourself or not? You don't want to be alone in a man's car. You don't want to be in the back seat while someone else is driving. You just want to be, you get in your car, they get in their car, you meet at the restaurant or you meet to go skydiving, whatever your date is, horseback riding, whatever your date is, you meet, you take your car or you take your transportation or you take your Uber and you meet there. You never want to be in a man's car because a lot of things start there. You don't need that close proximity. When you're at a restaurant, don't sit across instead of sitting close. And then the the most important one is don't go to a man's house, period. I want to bring, I want to drop off some of my, some of my world famous chocolate chip cookies. He have to try my cookies. No, that's how it starts. Oh, you want to come in and get a drink? Oh, I'm just watching the game. You want to come in and watch the game with me? Oh, let's just watch a movie. It seems like it's innocent. And the thing about it is a lot of women get sucked in because there are so many times you can hang out with someone and nothing happens. So you're like, oh, okay. Going to a man's house and telling yourself nothing's going to happen. It's like standing under the AC and say, I will not get cold. I will not get cold. I will not get cold. Something will happen. It may not happen then. It may not happen in five months, but eventually something will happen. So don't lie to yourself. One of the things that kept me safe when I was single is that I didn't underestimate myself and I didn't overestimate myself. I knew I was capable of anything. And that's just because I'm human, not because there's something wrong with me, because I'm a human. I'm having a human experience. And so because I'm capable of certain things, then I be very careful. As a matter of fact, when I was dating my husband, if my husband ever came to my house, somebody else was there. I called somebody else to be there. I We had a friend that I always, every time he was coming to my house or we were doing something together in my house or whatever, I would always let a third party be there because sin thrives in secrecy. If a third party is there, you're less likely to do something. And of course, there's somebody from the church, somebody that is a Christian, somebody that is moral. So they're kind of like my accountability. So always, always, always be careful of your proximity and be careful of how close you get with somebody of the opposite sex. Keep your distance, physically keep your distance. Now, the second boundary I want to talk to you about today is the boundary of affection. Now, my husband and I did not kiss until our wedding day. Yeah. We did not kiss until our wedding day. I think I've told that before. When they say you may kiss the bride, that was our first kiss. We kept our relationship completely pure. And one of the reasons why we did that or how we were able to do that is because we obeyed this rule, which is the boundary of affection. If you know that you are interested in being with someone, you know that you have your whole life to kiss them. You have your whole life to be intimate with them, to explore their body, get to know them, all of those things, those big biceps or whatever it is that you admire about them. You have your whole life. Right now, the dating time is a time for you to get to know who you're really dealing with. And once any type of affection comes into play, you really kind of don't have a clear eyes. You don't have your vision is a little blinded because you, now your emotions become involved and you, you need to you need your head when it comes to getting married. You need to know, listen, this person checks out all the boxes. This person is going to be a good husband. He's going to be a good protector. He's going to be a good provider. He's going to be a good father. 
You need to know all of that. And you can't know that if your vision is blurred by affection. Now, there's something called the law of diminishing returns. So the first time you hold hands with the guy, it's like, oh, you know, so exciting. The second time it happens, it's not quite as exciting. It's still nice. But by the third or fourth time, it's not a big deal anymore. You need something else to still get that initial feeling. The first time a guy kisses your forehead, I always like to use the joke like, oh, I'll never wash my face again. But then after a while, it's like, yeah, yeah. After a while, it's no longer the same. Then you have to move from kissing your forehead to kissing your mouth. And it goes on and on. So the question is, when does it stop? After a while, those little affections don't mean anything else, don't mean it the same, and they don't give the same return of feeling. You don't feel the same anymore. You need more to give you that excited feeling. And that's how people progress from kissing to touching and everything else. So the question is, why start? Why start? Because you know it's not going to end. Eventually, you're going to continue until sin is conceived. So don't start. Because it's very hard to get to know who you're dealing with once you start, okay? And the other thing is you have to, when it comes to the boundary of affection, is don't enter into a relationship if you know you're not ready to get married. Like, what are you doing? Dating is for people who are getting ready to get married. If you know you're not ready to be anyone's wife, don't date. (laughs) Because you're going to start getting feelings for someone, yet you're not ready. It doesn't make sense. And it happens all the time. You know, you're not ready, but he's cute and he asks you, so why not? But then you start developing feelings, you start developing a relationship, but yet you know you're not ready. And then the other thing is don't allow yourself to be strung along. That's the other thing about boundaries of affection. Don't allow a man to string you along for years. If he's not ready, don't into the relationship. I've seen this so many times. I've done it myself where a man tells you he's not ready for a relationship and you're like, oh, okay, but you really like him. He's a really quality man. Like he's good material. He's good husband material. He's good father material. You just really like the guy and you think that he'd be a great person to share your life with. So you continue the relationship or he may tell you he's interested in friends. He's just not interested in anything long-term or he's not interested in anything serious or he's not interested in being committed. Believe that man when he's telling you. He's telling you the absolute truth. Don't think you're going to change his mind. Don't think that eventually things will change. Now, sleeping with you doesn't mean that he wants a relationship. He, he's not saying he won't sleep with you. What, he, <laughs> what he's saying is that he doesn't want a relationship. So that doesn't mean he won't kiss you. That doesn't mean that he won't act like you guys are together. That doesn't mean he won't even call you and find out how you are and go out with you. What he said is that he doesn't want a committed relationship. So don't get it twisted. Don't start acting like there's something there when there's nothing. He, it's just physical for him. And don't put yourself in that position where somebody can string you along and you get your affections entangled with them. Meanwhile, there's nothing there. Meanwhile, there's no commitment from his side and there's nothing to prove that he wants anything with you. You deserve so much better. God wants you to have better. God wants you to be cherished. He wants you to be adored. He wants you to be honored. I did a podcast episode a few weeks ago about how do you know that a a man loves you? One of the ways you know that a man loves you is that if he honors your sexuality, if he honors your purity, if he honors your relationship with God, if he honors God's word, 
And he wants the two of you to honor God's word. That was one of the things that really attracted me to my husband because we had both made a decision. This relationship is going to be 100% pure, 100% pure. And until we get married. And that was beautiful to me, a man that honors that and wants that for you. Like he, he wants you to please God more than pleasing him. And he wants the two of you to walk in God's ways from dating. If you guys don't walk in God's ways together while you're dating, how are you guys going to do it when you're married? How will you work together to obey God's word after marriage? So it was so refreshing to meet my husband and, and find a man that, that does that. So you too. There are men out there that care about being true to God's word. There are men out there that care about being committed to the word of God. And God wants you to have one of them. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be treated like the princess that you are. So don't settle and obey boundaries. Have a great day. Take care now. Bye-bye. I'm sure you got a lot out of today's episode. Don't forget to share. And guess what? The conversation doesn't have to end here. Hop online to www.husbandfactory.com to subscribe to my VIP newsletter. Just scroll to the bottom of any page and you'll see the button there. Remember, all the great love stories you've ever heard out of all of them, yours is going to be the best. Can't wait to hear it. See you next week.